Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. I'm recording now, mate. Don't worry about it. This, what you've been this, recording now? Yeah, this is what, what sort of intro do you think I'm going to do? It's just going to be. I think it's. I think it's you, you always let us go in half cocked. I'm just not. I'm not ready. You're having a big old slurpy of tea. Is that what you think that the audience wants to hear? They want to hear on the UPP, UPP. They want to hear. Some... <laughs> I could have done a way more of a slurp. No, he's, you're having a little bit of a slurp now because they can't I'm, see I'm, you because you're talking. You're talking like a slurp. I'm slurping away. It's a beautiful partnership. So, uh, yeah, this is one of the last um, UBPs we'll be able to do of 2020. UBP, UBP, I think um, you are around next Friday, I believe, for one I week. am, unfortunately. Right. I'm working the graveyard shift, so I'll be here until uh, Christmas Eve. Oh, sweet Lord. I'm, I'm here. My last day is next Friday, so we'll do one more UBP. <laughs> you are last. out of there. You are a ghost, <laughs> mate. You're that cartoon Acme shadow, you know? I'm walking like, out the door. I'm going to go into the, the room that's next to me. That's ending up into <laughs> at, the end, at the end of every shift. Um, but yeah, Cyberpunk 2077 happened this week, and we thought rather than do the usual sort of scattershot questions in relation to dippy eggs and whatever, so what we think of chicken nuggets and stuff, mm-hmm. um, that we would just dive into all things um, Cyberpunk. So um, we asked for different questions. We've obviously, you've played the PC version. That was the version that we reviewed. Indeed, indeed, indeed. Um, um, just as a disclaimer, by the way, mm-hmm. before we begin this, because I know that there are a lot of people who are playing on different consoles and stuff like that. I reviewed the game that I was sent in yes. the format that I was. I had no way of understanding or playing any other console version. Mm-hmm. I had the PC version. It was supported very well through launch. I only experienced a numerous, like, well, a few um, aesthetic glitches, but mm-hmm. nothing game-breaking. So my review, I stand by it. Like, Dude, it's the, still, um, as an experience, it's fantastic. And we'll go yeah. into that later, but... The um the difference between the PC version and the ones that are being rightfully dragged right now, as in the mm-hmm. PS4 and the Xbox One version, is night and day. Yeah. Um, the it's it's very clear that the PC version and the next gen versions are going to be the best version of this. Um, which is CDPR even noted during development that as soon as yeah. next gen consoles were on the horizon, they started to pivot towards that, and you can kind of tell that they've made something for you know what is now the current gen PS5, Xbox Series, um, and PC, and then they've had to make it work on the old stuff, and it just yeah. you can tell like it yeah really you definitely out. can tell. I mean I I watched. Um, uh, a YouTuber stream the game on PlayStation 5 Mm -hmm. and it was like 4K um, 60 frames per second. I didn't even see some of the graphical issues that I'd experienced. So I was like, damn, this is like, <laughs> this is like better than the version I'm playing. Yeah, and then it's... I went and watched a person play the PS4 version and I was like, oh, okay, like that is, book. that is a really, I, I'm in two minds and I know that we'll go into this with one of the questions, mm-hmm. but I'm in two minds as to whether or not I would have even greenlit that to begin with. It's mm-hmm. like, we, I might as well have done like, if I was in charge, for example, mm-hmm. I'm not saying I should be by any means, <laughs> but I'm just, I would probably uh, do almost like a reverse of what we saw with uh, Grand Theft Auto 5. I would have basically started off with the uh, version that worked on the higher end stuff mm-hmm. and then a year later rolled out the version 
uh, <clears> that would work on the other ver- um, uh, the other consoles because obviously GTA Five did it where it came out on the PS3 and Xbox 360 or whatever, and then wasn't as uh, it was then patched in with all the other stuff when it hit the other the next gen consoles. Yeah, I think it's it's so fascinating because I think at some point we'll get some sort of deep dive, you know, like Jason Schreier type person or maybe Jeff Grubb or something. I'll do some sort of deep dive thing on just what the reality of its development was across the mm. eight years. Like what were they initially aiming for? Because it predates the, the PS4 and, and the yeah. um, Xbox One and everything. Um, and it's just, it's fascinating because I just think if you're, you've done this marketing spin for years and years and years saying like, look, we're going to go with the PS4, we're going to go with the Xbox One. And then, mm. and there's so many millions of people have those systems. So you kind of quote unquote have to, because you've said you will. And, but clearly, you know, they, they know, or they knew that this version of the game wasn't good enough. Like it yeah. looks terrible on there on the, and on the Xbox One S it's pretty much a flip book. Like the frame rate is horrible. Well, we weren't even offered um, a uh, review code that uh, wasn't for PC. No, it was only for PC. And then as soon as it was, the review period was up and all of the pre-orders and stuff were in, that's when they offered us another console code. So it's, yeah. So to throw in some people's questions, um, because most of the questions that we got were just around the state of it. Yeah, um, The state of the launch and the fact that they restricted access to the console codes, even the second embargo, because we were following the PC review embargo. The second Mm. embargo was that you could upload your uh, capture, but it could only be from the PC version. So they literally, they did, they literally hid the console versions from everybody they did it they did a bethesda they did um, and, and yeah. if it was any other company uh, they would have right across the coals which we it. sort of me and josh did the uh, you know the, the this game is on fire on uh, ps4 and xbox one I saw, which i yeah. we did which did really well and a lot of people got in touch to say like, oh thank you very much for saying this because it doesn't feel like most other outlets are saying this in such stark terms but i'm like yeah. dude like it's fair like if this was bethesda if this was 2k activision ea we will be dragging them like you said um and so i think what, it's worth pointing it out what i really hate uh, the most of this is the fact that um, because of the, the strange uh, divergence of quality between the version that we reviewed and the one that is out there that the majority of people will have, because let's face it, the, uh, the install base for PS4 and yeah. Xbox series is going to be much um, higher than it is going to be for the newest generation. Uh, generation Xbox One? Like Sorry, the, Xbox One, yeah. 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 It is going to be much higher than mm-hmm. it is for the new consoles. So I feel that it's, it undermines the relationship between uh, publisher and review outlet when you have moments like this because it's a symbiotic thing yeah. we re- they rely on us for positive praise and to get advertising and to push it out to our followers and it's uh, like hundreds of thousands more eyes on the product than would have not been if they hadn't sent out those codes mm-hmm. but at the same time we rely on them because it's like about legitimacy it's about building up a credibility thing mm-hmm. and when stuff like this happens when i'm sitting there going the version that i played was brilliant and i'm still playing <laughs> it and i yeah. absolutely love it mm-hmm. and then i get somebody next to me who's saying well i pre-ordered this on a console version based on your recommendation mm-hmm. and it doesn't live up to what you said i'm like i i what do i we say did outline though, like you, yeah well you did say at the start of the review like you, we did outline the embargo details like we ha- always yeah. have like saying yeah. hey, look this is what they've done we have the pc version like you know we're waiting on the console footage etc but that gets lost in, in the hype sometimes yeah, they get a lot, and you can get people that are just like well i pre-ordered it based on your positive like notes on it and mm-hmm. i expected to get the version that you got and I hate yeah. being able to say you're not going to get that. that. That doesn't seem right in this day and age. It's to say, annoying. You're I mean, not going to get the same game that I played. Yeah, and it's like I mean, if you want to look at how night and day it is, uh, Digital Foundry have a version of the PC version running on the highest specs possible on mm-hmm. Earth right now, and that mm-hmm. thing looks absolutely stunning. And um, we mentioned, oh, you mentioned before the PS5 one running in 4K 60. It tries. Um, yeah. It's it has a whole bunch of different graphical effects you can turn off to get the picture to be clearer, but it never actually hits 4K. It's a variable. Oh, it's it uh, like a sort of weird. Oh, yeah, right, it's a resolution. Sorry, it's um, it's just weird but they're getting there with it but obviously the PS- if you play it on ps5 you're still playing the ps4 one uh natively like you know automatically upscaled because it's on the ps5 mm-hmm. um versus the actual ps5 version which 
until be out in 2021. Again, um, another so bizarre thing. It's such a it's such a weird rollout. Um, but yeah, there was um, a lot of people sort of asking like, should they just have cancelled the last gen versions? Um, and SGC was saying, should we hold out hope that they'll fix the PS4 one? Um, I don't think so. I just don't see how they I. For me, like CDPR are uh, an incredible anomaly because they are developers and publishers in one. They only really answer to the shareholders um, and they've lost billions of dollars already like in, in delaying the game. Mm-hmm. And so in that all-out creative mentality means that you don't put limits on yourself and you keep reaching and you keep reaching and you know it's an eight-year development and so if new consoles came around and it's like well we can push fidelity even more we can make an even bigger world we can make this stuff even more even more detailed and stuff like that and i think at some point that kind of got away from them and they've made this big like you know kind of unwieldy crazy thing that runs pretty well on a, on a pc and a ps5 and an xbox series but it is, I don't know, I don't feel like it's possible to make it work on the last gen stuff because they yeah, left that pushing it like years ago. Yeah, it's really, really pushing it. Um, and uh, again, I, I'm in, in two minds whether or not mm. I think that they should have cancelled it and just said, look, look we're going to delay the game one more time, but we're going to launch it fully in the next gen. And that's going to be the first killer hit for the next generation. When, and unfortunately, it's not going to be backwards compatible. Like It would suck to lose all of that uh, revenue that would come in for them. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, that would be a consumer-focused decision rather than a, um, a corporate one. Yeah, and it's like, I've got like multiple friends of mine saying, oh, should I buy it? And I'm like, well, here's all the caveats. It's like, yes, if you have a PlayStation 5, pretty much, but it's still mm. going to crash. I mean, it crashes mm. all the time, even on PS5. Um, and then Andy See, Murray... I've not, I've not had any hard crashes. No, it's funny. It's only on PS5. It doesn't even crash on Series X or Series S. It's some what memory allocation hell? issue on the PS5, and it's so yeah. annoying. And the PS4 version <clears throat> crashes more, um, but apparently it's to do with how it accesses different parts of the map, because the whole world is like a Dark Souls map. It's all one giant st- yeah. thing. It doesn't stop you for load screens. Um and apparently on uh, the PlayStation side, just the way that hardware accesses assets, memory, whatever, um, it just overloads it on the PS4 and PS5. You know what they um, should have done? Yeah, they should have rented the, uh, the tech from uh, Horizon Zero Dawn. Remember how that, oh, they yeah, did that with Spider-Man the cone technology thing? That was amazing. That, yeah, if you want to see a really cool, uh, if you search Horizon Zero, Dawn lo- Horizon Zero Dawn loading and then go on Google Image, I guess there'd probably be a GIF of that. Yeah, and that game so only cool. loads what you're looking at. Everything else is completely derezzed. Um, which is cool. Um, but yeah, that whole you know conversation around, like, do you think they'll actually fix the last gen one? I don't, unless they add loading screens, which I guess would kind of change the flow of it a lot. I mean, I think that, uh, like I said, when I was doing the review, they pushed out two patches. Uh, mm. One was like a day zero patch and one was uh, one for the NVIDIA drivers and stuff like that. Um, mm. And those two jumped up the quality in terms of um, uh, gameplay smoothness and also the graphical fidelity like by huge milestones. And okay. tons of bugs were fixed within mm. those two patches. Now, does that make me think that a CD Projekt Red are going to be able to knock out these patches quickly? Yes, it does. I just mm. hope that they're able to focus where it matters and not just go for the top-end um, consumers like the high-end mm-hmm. PC users and the uh, the PS5 and Xbox Series owners. I think they should be focusing on the PS4 and the yeah. larger install base because that's their reputation has a greater stake in that um, Venn diagram. Yeah, there was also a question from um, Phil Van Vanny Man uh, who nice. just said um, <laughs> that man with Van like it Van Eman um, who said um, does CDPR hiding the poor performance of the PS4 slash Xbox One versions change your opinion of the developer? How can this still be allowed to happen? Um, Kind of, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's uh, they sort of stake their reputation on being as open and honest as possible. And even when they were having the, and it's not like they're like all nefarious individuals planning to plot against anybody. I still, th- I still feel so sorry for the coding departments and the art yeah. departments um, wow. to just try and get this over the finish line at all. 
the way to think about it is how um, Jim Sterling put it like so succinctly and perfectly. At the end of the day, these are companies. They aren't your mates. As yeah. much as they would um, love to have this image of let's go for a pint together and we can all have a laugh and mm -hmm. I'm, I'm the, I'll get this round, lad, sort of thing. That's, <laughs> that's just PR spin. At the yeah. end of the day, every company is like that. Mm -hmm. um, so it does hurt because obviously it's like the image of that is broken further when stuff like this happens. It feels like um, such an I unprecedented thing too. Yeah, I, platforms. I, I mean, we've seen it with Bethesda not giving review codes out until day of launch, mm -hmm. uh, hiding bad games. And yet, to hype this up for like eight years and then to do it at the last second, like... Like in the embargo, so, like we were, we were looking through the embargo going like, oh, so does that... You had to email your contact. We had to look yeah. through it and be like, oh, so that means we can say this at this time, but we don't have access to this. Oh, why does it not mention consoles? Like, oh, okay. And then trying to clarify it and then being yeah. told like, well, you know, you can go live with this at this time, but we're going to hold this thing back. But I think the main thing is that we're maybe forgetting is that they, they got it out. They, they're yeah. like, I know, I know that this is like a, not in the state that people want it to be in, but they actually managed to pull the trigger and get this gun to market. It is out <laughs> there and now it can only get better. Yeah. Remember how many other games had disastrous launches <coughs> and then were patched beyond oblivion and managed to become amazing things. I mean, well, like No Man's Sky I mean, is, and Witcher 3 again had yeah. tons of bugs. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, I think that uh, it's, everyone would have loved a smoother launch, but yeah. at the same time, I'm not trying to make excuses for it, but I'm just glad it exists. I'm glad yeah, it I'm is glad here. That, yeah. There is a physical version of it. Mm -hmm. I'm glad, yeah. I mean, the thing is, like, that was the whole thing with The Witcher 3. Obviously, there was the downgrade controversy. There was all the extrapolation, the philosophy of what a downgrade is. It's not just mm -hmm. visuals. And CDPR made some really good points there, just saying, like, look, it's based on the hardware. We get it to look as good as we can, and then you're always optimizing as much as possible. So we're not, it's not technically a downgrade just because it looks worse, because it is still running very well. The, the frame yeah. rate is still good, and there's detail there and everything else. And so, like, I get all that, but but it's like, there's not that much nuance to this particular thing without additional information. Um, it, it, it fundamentally looks terrible on X, on one S yeah. on the PS4. The, the resolution isn't there. The detail isn't there. I mean, um, at, at some yeah. point, somebody made the executive decision to say, this is the date it's coming out. So yeah. whatever state it is in, you have had this long. This is it. Yeah. This and, is and, you know, we're going to restrict this from the review. So, like mm. they knew how this stuff was all going to look like I said this in the news videos too. Um, and it's, it's just brass tacks. Like, you know, if you're a PR company, if you're a PR firm or a PR wing of a company, your game, your um, job is to make that game look as good as possible. Yeah, and that means course. maximizing review scores. That means hiding, you know, uh, minimize the negatives, accentuate the positives. Like that is the job. Like that's what they've done. Um, and it's, that's just cold business. I don't like it. I think it's really shady, um, but it's obvious what they've done because then yeah. they get, and it's not like the PC version isn't a five-star game. It totally is. The PS5 mm. version is when it works. Um, but yeah, there's a bunch of questions in here. Just, you know, just- Yeah, sorry. What, yeah, I know I keep derailing it. It's always mm. big. Yeah, carry on. The take trough is overfilling. Let's, let's dive in. Let's get our hands mucky. <laughs> no, it's okay. I mean, uh, the, uh, all the questions are around this subject matter anyway. The idea of like, should they cancel it? Is it okay? Mm -hmm. Does it sour you on CDPR? Stuff like that. Um, yeah, I think that um, someone was asking, uh, Paul O'Brien was saying, is it worth getting on uh, PS5 right now? Um, yeah, hell yeah. I think that it's brilliant when it works. Um, there is that memory loading issue, which means that it crashes when you start, it start going between different parts of the map or if mm -hmm. it's loading a story set piece or something like that not every time but pr but a lot um i had it crash uh, about nine times in my first 11 hours it's sort of every hour ish because you would transition between a major area right, okay um stuff like that and um yeah it's annoying it's infuriating uh, you lose progress stuff like that um hopefully that'll be one of the first things they patch because it's not on the series versions um so yeah, I just, I don't know. I think that it's a great game. It sucks that it's mired in all of this. Do you think negativity. it's because the same, um, it's the same architecture for PCs almost uh, for mm. Xboxes. That's why it's running to it. Because again, I've not Maybe. had a single, 
like hard crash and I've gone to tons of different areas and it's very, very fluid. And I'm not, when I'm streaming it, I'm mm-hmm. not running it on the highest um, uh, graphical settings because I want to smooth the frame rate. And obviously mm-hmm. the streaming software takes up a bit of like a oomph on the laptop as well. There's... And yeah, I'm not getting anything like falling right. over itself. No, the people, well, the PC version and the, and the Series X version especially seem to be pretty much perfect. Like there's, yeah. there are certain glitches, like Bethesda style glitches of clipping and stuff, but it's, it's, it's nothing compared to how it yeah. just base looks on a, on a One S or a PS4. Uh, it must be so infuriating though, if like you're moving <laughs> along and it's just, cause does it save your progress at all? Like any quick save stuff? It's sometimes, I find that that's quite oh. unreliable. I, uh, if you want to get a quick tip for anyone listening, it's just hit pause, hit triangle for a quick save. I do that all the time now. Yeah. Every um, time I know that there's a fight coming up, I'm just going quick save yeah. just because I I want to reload it and see if I could do it any other way. <laughs> there is that too. Mm. Uh, but yeah, it's, um, it's, oh, it's, it's brilliant when it works. It's just that obviously a, a full-on crash, a full-on lockup is one of the most immediate ways you can get taken out of any particular scene. And if that happens yeah. during, there's a lot of pivotal story moments at the beginning as well. Um, mm-hmm. And you know, it didn't, thankfully didn't crash for me during those segments, but I have read about it happening to other people. Right. Um, so a question from Andros, um, all this negative talk about graphics and the launch and everything, but no one's talking about the story. Um, most of the people are bashing the game because <laughs> they're graphical purists and they only care about frame rates, etc. cetera. Um, can someone just talk about how good the story is? Yes, we can. <laughs> yes, we can. The story's yeah. very, very good. Um, <laughs> I'm really enjoying it. I really, really enjoy it. I think that the, uh, one of the strongest points is the story because uh, as I was saying to Scott uh, before when he got, uh, I think it was on Wednesday actually we talked about this, and it was yeah. about how the, uh, the way that it delivers its narrative is really disjointed it's full yes. on it's so overwhelming at first mm. and i absolutely love that i can i can tell that there are going to be some people that are put off by it because it's like the use of terminology the uh, mm. requirement to read a lot of the shards that you pick up so mm. that you can understand what's going on in the world around you and it doesn't hold your hand it no. basically says you have lived in night city or have been alive in this world and therefore you just understand what's going on and i find that really refreshing because i can't think of any other protagonist apart from maybe the courier from fallout new vegas that makes sense as to they they don't like fall i'm just gonna use the fallout example a Mm -hmm. bit to explain better in fallout 3 you leave the vault you go outside you've like you've never seen anything out there yeah Yeah, you go outside and the first thing you do is you go and pick up bottle caps Mm -hmm. no one tells you that that's the currency but your character picks them up as a point of like oh i'm going to use this as currency Mm -hmm. it makes no sense for that character to do that but in the fallout new vegas you were a courier before and you got shot in the head so you Mm -hmm. obviously understand how the world works this game here, Cyberpunk, instills in you that you know this is the way that the world works. This is how people talk. This is how people act to one another. And you might not even understand the, um, the direct meaning of those terms, but you're you them, drawn into it because everyone's mm. speaking them with such confidence. You're like, oh yeah, and Eddie is just like, you know, it's, um, it's, it's money. Like, <laughs> Give this, me the that, deets. Like, I've got some yeah. biz. Let me go yeah, Biomods. <laughs> exactly. Um, the thing that I was really on the fence for, go, uh, on the fence with going in, was Keanu Reeves's performance. Um, just because I think he can be quite hit and miss. Like I love Keanu mm. Reeves as a dude. He's obviously a very well-meaning dude, and I love him in John Wick. But I think a lot of his line delivery can sometimes be quite stilted and can be sometimes be quite um, monotone. Sometimes um, it depends how he goes. Um, and I, I that bit in Point Break where he's like, "Sir, I eat the skin off chicken," and it's yeah, like sometimes he yeah. just says random one-liners, and I'm like, oh, yeah, "I guess so." Um, he's actually absolutely. I can't swear brilliant um and i just think that as soon as you start hanging out with him it totally clicks and i love yeah. the persona that he has like johnny silverhand is this like rock star terrorist who's just done with everything and once you he's start surprisingly aggressive isn't he like yeah, to the point and... where like you don't expect to hear keanu like this aggressive you think that he's gonna be like bill and ted your mate mm. and chilling out but he's not he's not yeah. your friend and it's like they do and um, they do a great scene with him the very first scene with him is literally my moment of the year i was just a mm. giddy child just laughing going <laughs> this is absolutely brilliant like 
is mm-hmm. absolutely loving it with a backdrop of like synthwave music and what you're getting to do on screen and stuff like that. Um, absolutely love that thing. Um, but yeah, story-wise, you know, it's, it has a massive prologue. I do, it's like, it is like a five to six hour prologue. Mm-hmm. Uh, I played Street Kid, uh, Street Kid, Jules played Corpo. And, I've um, also tried the Nomad start now as nice. well. So between us, we actually have all of the three oh, cool. opening bits. Cool. Cause it's like that, that opening bit, if you play Street, Street Kid, it, it flies through the setup. Like you do this <laughs> whole thing where you're taking a mission from a guy in a bar, you go to steal a car and then Jackie's also stealing the car. And then it just sort of like does a montage where you're suddenly best mates with Jackie. You, you, you have met him the morning after you get arrested, but they introduce so many characters so quickly. And then none of them matter because you immediately get thrown into a different um, sort of thrust altogether. You're not doing missions for the bar guy anymore. Yeah. Um, that stuff I found to be quite jarring, but um, it does line up with what you said about it just being like, no, you're a, pretty much a career mercenary, career criminal mm-hmm. in many cases. Um, you've been away to Atlanta, you're coming back. And of course, people will be ringing you going like, oh, you're back. I've got a job for you. Like I'm mm-hmm. doing this. And it's weird because I think it goes back and forward on how confident that comes across versus overstuffed. Like, I don't know yeah. if Regina is ringing you 24 seven, but she, Regina. Uh, yeah, all the time. <laughs> yeah, she rings all the time. And like, you can understand why, because uh, Night City is full of crime, man. Yeah. Like there is so much to take down. <laughs> Like to the point where um, I was uh, last night, I was like cleaning up this one bit for her, and I was like, right, whew, tough fight, job done, got mm-hmm. the loot, gotta get out of there, hear gunshots going off, and I'm like, ah, go on then, I better go take them <laughs> out. So you run over them there, and then all of a sudden you see a car screaming past, and they're right. shooting out the back, you're like, right, well, I guess I've got to go follow that then and figure out what's going on. Like, <laughs> the way so that much all that to distract stuff, you. Yeah, the way that stuff all comes together is great. I actually, it took me a little while to get used to the progression system in regards to the one that's in the pause menu is all nearly all percentage based, where it's like plus 20% evasion, yeah. you know, plus 10% bullet damage. And I was like, oh, this feels kind of lame this feels like a like an mmo style progression where are my new abilities um but they're all with the ripper docs it's just that you've got to yeah. go to them in the world and they, they give you the first one when you hang out with victor vector they give you the first one for free yeah, the first one for free yeah. and then um, but after that it's on you to make a point of going back to yep. those ripper docs and combining the ripper doc unlocks with the progression system to, to customize your character on both sides like new abilities yep. and percentage-based upgrades once that clicked i was like oh i get it like i completely yep. get it i think they could have been a lot more elegant with that Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. This podcast is brought to you by Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates 
fast. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. One of the things I love about Indeed is that it just makes hiring all in one place so easy because you just get unparalleled access to job seekers. Plus, listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash WCG. Just go to Indeed.com slash WCG right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash WCG. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I think that the, um, the, for considering that it's a six-hour tutorial, they don't actually expressly tell you a lot about that no. side of it. You have to d- dive into it. It's very much a game that you get more the more you put in. Mm-hmm. And games like, I'm, I'm going to compare it to Minecraft, and I think that people will understand why, because Minecraft is deliciously simple, and so mm-hmm. is this uh, at its heart as, as to what you can do. Mm-hmm. But the... It doesn't tell you how to do it. You have to find out for yourself. But once mm-hmm. you do, it's amazing. Like I've only really been sort of delving into the uh, the crafting mechanics and stuff like that. Right. And the more you do with the crafting, the more you break down stuff, the better your skill gets in that. And it allows you to make more stuff and mm-hmm. do other bits and bobs. And there's nothing better than being able to slide in behind cover, pop out your pistol, and then just go, wait a minute, pause, inventory, craft a quick healing kit, craft a, like an accuracy booster thing, boom, 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 and then bang, shoot him in the head. Think, yeah, like, the thing that I love about um, the combat is that it took me a little while to sort of feel that I had a, a sense of a like chunky, power. isn't it? Yeah, it's it's weird. I love the weight too. I love how much mm. the weapons kick. Um, I kind of bang, wish bang. <laughs> there were like more um, categories than just power, tech, and the whatever the smart one is. Yeah, the smart um, one's cool. Yeah, smart one. You can get uh, bullets to sort of go around corners and stuff. Um, but yeah, it is like super chunky. And I, I've just now, as of last night, I'm like 13 hours in. I finally have enough street cred, um, where I can unlock the blade arms, the gorilla arms, yeah. like stuff like that. So I'm, I'm like looking forward to diving back into that. Um, it is a slow rollout. Um, but in terms of like main story beats, to obviously stay away from from spoilers, mm-hmm. um, where it goes after the six hours, like that's the most propulsive sort of thing that you get. But then it also yeah. splits into three separate branches, which I assume are the different endings. Yeah. Um, because it's yeah, it seems like, you know, you, you're going to have a choice as to which direction you want to go, let's say, based mm-hmm. on the scenario that appears at the end of the five, six hour thing to keep it as vague as possible. But I guess as an overall quality thing, I love the story. I love the characters. I just want to hang out with Silverhand. Um, I think that stuff is great. And that was yeah. the presentation. Everything's brilliant. I would say that the um, biggest recommendation that we can give to people is mm. to play through that prologue mode. Yeah. Uh, get that out of the way because you don't lose anything from, uh, like you, you're introduced to a ton of side quests to begin with. Mm-hmm. And yes, some of them are useful and, and helpful, but at the end of the day, you can do all of them once you get through that prologue. Yeah. Just uh, sit down, churn through it because it's really interesting. It'll get you engaged. It'll set up things to make more sense and make you motivated to carry on going. Mm-hmm. And then boom, there you go. We'll also say that, um, the yeah, because I did that. I tried doing a bunch missions i was like no nah, i'm just gonna get through this i want to i want to get to the part where it fully opens up yeah um it's worth pointing out that there are two missions where it says go get your car back and go get your gun back um both of them uh the gun one it's i think it's quite obfuscating like you need to talk to the dude called wilson and yeah. it's in his inventory but it's, it's the so, only gun that's free yeah it's so dumb like they should have just put that at the very very top away from yeah. the rest of the inv- inventory thing because yeah. i actually ended up buying two guns that i was like oh is he just I, letting me choose gun, which gun yeah. i want yeah and i was like oh wait no it's actually this one here that has a specific name and cost 
it's, yeah, yeah, right. it's called like Night Cycle or Night uh, something, long, something yeah, like long that. Night or something. Long Night or something. That's the one that if you're playing that mission, that's what that one is. Same with the car thing. You need to go there, trigger the thing, make mm-hmm. it. There's a there's a whole thing with the the car stuff. Um, and then also when you go visit uh, Cassius the Ripper Doc, and it's like, oh, get your free upgrade. That's just buried in the hand organs. Yeah. It doesn't highlight it at all. Again, it's just one of those things where all it needs to do is um, just have a little icon just displaying if something doesn't cost anything. But yeah. again, these are graphical things that they're mm-hmm. going to get the feedback on and hopefully fix. Yeah, I mean, Witcher 3's UI was completely overhauled. I think the amount of time it's been in development, oh my god, do you remember the first it, but... one? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That, the first one was so confusing. You had yeah. to like, mix all your potions before the battle and do all this and that. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh man, I'm so glad that they fixed that for Witcher 2. I think it's uh, it's nuts that like the that it's that this has been in development this long, and then they've still released this thing that is so obfuscating. The UI is like it, there's so many menus and sub menus and, and different you know way, like the way you edit your cyber deck and cyberware and there's mods for every individual thing, yeah. like weapons and cyber augments and cyberware, and it's like, just like but this is, this is the thing. It sounds like we're like complaining. The sense is that there's so much stuff here, and a mm. lot of it is amazing. The problem is you just have to dig through it to get yeah, to yeah. that stuff. I mean, having done like I'm a, I'm a huge like cyberpunk fan overall, and like the and um, the 2020 book is dense as hell. Obviously, it's a tabletop uh, pen and mm-hmm. paper RPG, so mm-hmm. it's like they're going to give you a million different options into how to spec your character. And I think they did quite a good job of getting that density across. Yeah. Um, it does just mean that it's an onslaught of information. You're trying to sort of hold it up in your in your mind. Um, very um, intense or serious question from Rodorus, um, who says, "Will we be, will we be talking about the representation?" of gender and trans people in the game. It's a conversation that needs to be had based on uh, what I've seen from various outlets. Um, I will say in this regard that um, obviously I don't think either of us are the authority to talk about um, you know trans representation. Like I have friends that are trans, but I wouldn't mm-hmm. speak on their behalf. Um, I still think that um, the stuff that I pick up on in regards to gender is that there is an undercurrent of misogyny like in the game. Yeah. However, I will say that, and it doesn't, it doesn't justify it at all, but it um, is in the source material. It's very late 80s cheese cringe of you know there are mutilated women left right and center there are female strippers in every club like yeah. you you do you can sleep with dudes you can you know you can do that stuff but it does feel like it does feel like women can be set dressing sometimes there's just like you are. there's a such a strange um approach to sexualization in this game mm. um i like it's again to use the term it's overwhelming because mm. it's everywhere everything you look <laughs> at has got some form of sexualization in it uh, be it the clothing be it the adverts be it the way that people talk to each other and it's like a lot of dildos it's, in the game mate a lot of dildos. It, yeah it's 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 really <laughs> disturbing it can be quite disgusting to see how humans treat each other in this game mm. but then you also have to like look at it is this cg project red in a uh, like boneheaded maneuver not seeing that a large portion of their fans mm-hmm. will be upset by the content and the display of how they put it into their game, mm-hmm. or is it them making a comment saying that this is the world that exists in uh, cyberpunk where corporations will sexualize anything, mm-hmm. everything in order to get a sale? It, neither one is okay. Um, because it's the yeah. same thing of like, you either present the problem and are unaware of it, or you present the problem aware of it, but that means you've made a choice in mm-hmm. order to display it as such. And the- it's... I don't, I, I'm really confused by it myself, to be honest. I've read a, a few articles as to mm-hmm. what the problems are, what people are finding issues with. Mm-hmm. And 
it seems to be that there are also counter arguments to them from within the same groups. And I'm very confused as to what the overall it's like, tone it's is. It's a strange thing because they, in terms of the way that they, the city they present, the tone that they present, like they want to go down this whole, you know, a body is just meat. You just customize it, you mm. hack it to pieces, you put it back together with different sort of synthetic augments and cyber augments and everything else and all the different philosophies that come alongside that. And you can read into how that then becomes cyber psychosis, the idea that, but then that they are also the sub bosses. But, um, but, but, but then we have the problem of like, you, you I completely, understand where you're going from from that within the narrative mm. but when you're doing like the character creator and it just gives you the two options of a masculine voice and a feminine voice yeah. if they had just simply even just changed that to one or two voice one or two mm. should, would that not have changed the entire tone of this maybe i mean i did see like some people tweeting about like look i feel so represented because i can have uh, ostensibly like a female body with a male voice and mm. that there is a level of representation that i haven't seen in other character creators so i think it is going to help some people it is going to be you know uh, it's going to feel oppressive and off-putting to others the world that they create is definitely not one that you're supposed to be reveling in. Like it's, it is no, enjoyable no. aesthetically if you love cyberpunk fiction, um, but they overlook, it's almost to the point where all the stuff that we just mentioned about the menus, the systems, the upgrades, the character, everything about how oppressive it feels to be in this city is entirely intentional because they have a really touching scene um, where you get to, you go inside this uh, club, you're meeting up with a different contact and you have this whole scene where V sort of doesn't break down, but opens up and says like, look, I don't want to go back out there. Like, I just want intimacy. I just want to be away mm -hmm. from this stuff. Mm -hmm. um, and the, it's almost a, a get out of jail card if you wanted to play it that way, because they're just saying, look how hard horrible all of this abuse of bodies is um, yeah. and mentalities is and, and philosophies are um, and don't you wish you could just turn it off like well yeah, yeah that's that's the perfect expression is, is that night city is like a sugar rush for the senses mm. everything is dialed up beyond uh, it's like to to offensive levels everything yeah. is like offensive is the right word the colors mm. the um the presentation of like everything is over the top and it's like imagine trying to live inside a sugar rush experience. <laughs> it would be draining. You yeah. would feel completely empty. There is no soul. There is no like love within this city whatsoever. Mm -hmm. And it leaves you as a hollow person. Yeah. Like, and that's like, no one is a good person in this. Like well, you look around, almost... even if you want to try and like champion V as being this changer and shaper of the entire city, mm. you still are a mercenary who kills mm. people for money. Yeah. No one wears a white hat in this. Yeah. And it's just, I, like I said, I think that that's all going into their overall comment on, you know, losing humanity to synthetic mm. means, whether that's augments or whether that's um, technology or stuff like that. Um, that's obviously a separate conversation to the trans representation, the way that they approach, like, you know, putting a trans body on an advert and that kind of thing. But then that yeah. again folds into the way that, like you said, they're trying to make it so that co uh, corporations have got so carried away with abusing as many different body types as possible. So yeah. It's a whole thing. I, I, I think it's effective. I think it's producing responses, which assumedly is what they wanted at the core. Like they are creating something to provoke a response, an artistic fueled response. Yeah. But at the same but it's, time, but it's it, very But it's just whether or not that's the right means to go about yeah. it, or if it's even the right message to be saying, because mm -hmm. you're effectively uh, providing people evidence with this, this is an acceptable thing to do. And it's mm -hmm. not an acceptable thing. To yeah. Do. I think I'm looking forward to sort of exploring a lot more of the overall map just to see what else I can find. It was just that occasionally, um, like I said, having seen so many, uh, like I said, the, on the misogynistic side, like seeing so many women strewn, strewn about, hacked to pieces, serial killers, are nearly always killing the women. Um, and like, you know, you, you go into a club and there's women dancers everywhere and stuff like that. And I'm like, that, yeah, I get it. That's what your subject matter was. And, and the way that Johnny Silverhand talks where he randomly refers to, I think it's Judy. Uh, he's like talking about different qualities about yeah. her. And then he's like, yeah, yeah, six out of 10. And it's like, okay, dude. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Okay, yeah. Sure. But um, again, you're not 
um, to like anyone though. <laughs> no, guess. and that's the thing. The more you um, delve into Silverhand's thoughts, the more you literally get told that he hates everything and everyone and he's sick of the city and he literally wants to bomb it. So like, there is all that. Like you're not supposed to get on board with yeah. each of the, any of these things. But yeah, I think that'll be one of the biggest, most fascinating conversations to pick apart going forward, especially as, um, you know, I hope that more trans authors and stuff get stuck in and, and start yeah. talking about it from their point. It'll be interesting. Um, uh, I, I'm enjoying the fact that they, uh, that the pressure is being applied now. Mm. These are the right questions. These are the right things to stand up for. So it's up to CD Projekt Red now to actually define Mm-hmm. what their tone and intent was. Yeah, because it, it was like a really, like you said, because of all the terminology and the nomenclature and all that kind of stuff, there is an insanely cheesy edgelord tone that like personally yeah. as a huge synthwave fan, like in music wise, I can go with, I can go with, you know, neon skies and everyone referring to business as biz and like, you know, give mm. me the deets and like all that mm. kind of stuff. I can go with that to a certain point. I think at some point it does just feel like, oh God, that line read was a bit weird or whatever. Um, but they are committing to it 110%, like to the mm. point where they want to have a city that feels oppressive. You know, they want to have corporations that are completely devoid of humanity, um, et cetera. Um, as a much nicer question uh, or a much um, easier question, um, one from Daniel Shalito, um, how many people pick this up for wholesome Keanu? Did you, how much of your, how much were you looking forward to Keanu's <laughs> his, performance? Um, I was really looking forward to his performance and I feel like his personal PR of being like, no, you're breathtaking and being really charming <laughs> and happy and really like selling it as like the nicest experience with you and your uh, robotic armed mate it's um i won't again spoil the story or anything like that but just um your expectations are going to be shattered <laughs> so uh, wholesome keanu uh, is a thing that exists outside of yes. cyberpunk <laughs> yes oh yeah wholesome yeah wholesome keanu is the real keanu johnny silverhand yeah. is well, maybe not so most, much <laughs> no maybe the most antagonistic like a-hole character he's ever done yeah um but i think he's enjoying doing it though i think he en- enjoys yeah. getting to sort of do that stuff um as a general wrap-up thing just between me and you what's your um i guess give me sort of a general opinion on where you're at right now the amount of time you've invested and or maybe something you did in the city yeah. that you thought was cool i mean i've invested a like a hell of a lot of time uh into this like i keep going back i keep wanting to play it because mm-hmm. of the fact that it's it's properly hooked me there's so much to do and explore and see and there's so many amazing vistas to just look around and be like oh that's interesting you can see how this is influenced differently in terms of architecture to mm-hmm. this place like mm-hmm. how has this come to be why is this oh, tiny shop here great, yeah. yeah and I, I think that there's so much personality in the world that i absolutely love i love the random outbursts of violence the people that are just like uh, it's almost like a, a bubbling pot that's threatening to overspill at any mm-hmm. point and i think that <laughs> sense of danger is present throughout the entire game so yeah and you know what i'm actually really impressed by the the sword play okay like i was i wasn't like super keen on using a melee build mm-hmm. but then i found like the katana and i was just like <laughs> going around just like using it. i was like oh this is actually really fun it's got a really <laughs> like chunky sense of weight when you twat somebody with it mm-hmm. I like the um, like the charge attacks and stuff because you can start mm. to I forget which one of the million trees it's in, but you can spec so that you absolutely knock dudes out with your heavy attack. Yeah, uh, with the katana, and I unlock the aerial drop kill as well. That's amazing um, fun. That is. also unlocked a thing where it's like you can throw daggers, like you're supposed to hold L two and then th- yeah. R two to throw daggers. I can't get that to work at all. I don't. Know I haven't used it have. yet. Have not I just, used it, it. It doesn't tell you how to do it. It just it tells you to push those buttons, and in the video it seems like uh, V is unequipped with anything else. But like when I do that, R two is just a heavy attack, so I don't. And 
I think I that you've got to do is you've got to equip a, a short knife in your uh, melee ah. slot and then you can throw that and it sticks in the person and you can pick it back out again. That makes perfect sense. I think um, for me, I had like a like a shift in sort of like the, the power, the, the feeling of like agency in that world where, um, which kind of, you know, if this is all intentional, it's pretty genius because like we mentioned before about like V's agency is that they're coming in from Atlanta, they're returning to the city and they're sort of picking up old contracts and getting used to stuff again. And that's obviously how you feel as the player. You're sort of overwhelmed, but you're figuring mm-hmm. it out. And then um, a couple of nights ago or last night, I um, picked up like a sniper rifle, but I swapped one of the um, scopes on it. So it's just this big old ridiculous oversized rifle nice. that does like 800 damage, which is ridiculous, nice. um, but up close. So like yeah. every time I got jumped at a, uh, in a parking lot last night when I was walking between missions, these like guys just like, they were on my radar, but then they were like, hey, hey man, hey you. And then like, yeah. it just they just alerted. Um, and I was like, oh, well, guess here I go killing again. Yeah. I just like <laughs> busted out my giant rifle, whipped around, um, double tap to slow, like double tap to dash, picked it in slow motion and just blasted two of their heads off. Nice. And like, yeah, this is pretty much the best feeling ever. Like I'm yeah. ba- like, I was proper John Wick, st- uh, John Wick style when he's like, well, I guess I'm back. Like this yeah. is full on, let's just do it. There's a sense of empowerment in the game that comes through the combat and especially in the dialogue as well. If you mm. talk yourself into a fight and then just absolutely wreck shop afterwards, it's such a good feeling. <laughs> it I really kind of is. wish like... that you could um, approach more gangs on the side missions through dialogue because um, I've taken quite a lot of side missions where it's I like... haven't looked through the skill trees, but is there not any like intimidate ones where you can basically be like, stand down and they'll just be like, it's, put it's their more guns down like uh, body or reflexes tends to factor in, but like right. you don't even get the opportunity to, to broach a conversation. Like sometimes you'll go to a question mark on the map and then you'll get there and and then oh, yeah. your fixer yeah. will tell you what the mission was and you're like, okay. And then you'll get you'll get the like the hurried through briefing of like, oh, by the way, there's actually a hostage in there and you're supposed to get mm-hmm. them out. And then um, I then try talking to someone who was on the door of that building, but they just alerted and shot me anyway. <laughs> so I was like, okay. I mean, maybe they're just that hostile. But yeah. I was kind of hoping I could be like, hey, can I get in there? Because I've got like a I absolutely love using stealth in the game as well. Just like distracting mm-hmm. the enemies, sneaking by them, using them. And I've upgraded my gun now, so it does non-lethal bullets. So, so now that, it, like, yeah. it fires like stun pellets effectively and it'll hit them and they'll be like ah like then they're like what the hell and then it'll just be like oh ow ow okay that actually does hurt quite a lot <laughs> that's cool because i saw um certain uh bounty missions like when you go after the cyber psychos and stuff yeah like, you you've can, got to like keep them alive you can't yeah you can i i um killed one of my dudes accidentally because i just threw like 20 grenades because the dude nice. went on the corner behind a dumpster so i was like i'm just gonna grenade the hell out of you yeah. and then uh one of my fixes rang and was like you're supposed to keep her alive um but it didn't seem to matter too much but i like that there's dialogue that reflects that mm-hmm. and that you can make yourself non-lethal if you want to Um, kind of begs the question if you can do the whole thing as a pacifist i think you can i think okay. that um up until a certain point after the prologue once you uh lose let's just say the helping hand that you get um <laughs> the uh that's when you start getting the upgrades that allow you to turn your guns into stun ones non-lethal mm-hmm. ones and you get much more um non-lethal takedowns there are some scenes in the opening prologue that are forced action segments but yeah. after replaying them i managed to get through them without firing a single shot Interesting. You can let your um, any partner that you have or have like any support, you can let them do the work. Hmm. There's only one scripted event that I do think that you might have to kill people. Okay. But that's uh, as one that I can't say. So we can okay. We can. We're, we're going to continue obviously playing it. It is the big mm-hmm. game for the end of the um, the end of the year. We might end up doing this. Might also be our uh, subject matter next week, depending on what yeah. else happens. Well, you're not here. Week. You're not here. This is the last one. 
No, no, no. I'm doing, we're doing one more next oh, week. Oh, one then, more. One more next week. I'm, okay, going, I've got, okay. I'm, <laughs> I'm here next Friday okay. um, for one more UBP and then uh, and then I'll be away. But yeah, let us know what you think of uh, Cyberpunk. You, and obviously this is only on the audio side of things. So come find us on social media. Thank you very much for sending in all your questions um, and just let us know what you'd like us to, ta- to tackle this time next week. Uh, for now, this has been the Untitled Banter Pod. I've been your UBP, host, Scott Tilford. UBP, UBP, UBP. Thank you very much. Virtual skill. Thank you. Cheers. Cheers. Bye. next time. Bye. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.